It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to another week of the PowerMizzou.com podcast, or in a tone of voice you guys will more appreciate. Welcome back to another launching of the Hindenburg. I'm perfect for this this type of season with my uh, monotone voice, then, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Gabe DeArmond and Brian Austin here. And we're going to start with a preview of the Auburn game, which we all expect to be a tightly contested clash of the titans at Furrow Field. We're going to bring in J.G. Tate, who covers those Tigers for the Rivals.com network and is the member of the media I want to be when I grow up. Jay, what's up, man? Hey now, how are y'all doing? Not bad. How about yourself? You're uh, you're just saying fired up for your uh, flight into St. Louis and your first trip to Columbia, huh? Yeah, I'm really stoked, man. I'm flying into St. Louis. I know it's a tranquil area right now, and I'm <laughs> staying at a hotel, uh, a bed and breakfast in Florissant. So I don't know if it's gonna be there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we will uh, we will hope to see you on Saturday night. Hope that you make the trip <laughs> safely. Um, all right, let's let's not waste your time. Let's get to this. Um, I was stunned. I checked out your message boards earlier this week, and like I actually saw some people saying, uh, "Are we going to win this game at Missouri?" Like, is is this some uh, Auburn fans don't seem too high on their team right now? Well, it's more about Auburn fans not being very high on their coach. Uh, at least the folks in my uh, message board are not very happy with Gus Malzahn. They look at him as a guy that can't win uh, significant games. He lost uh, to Clemson last year. He lost to Georgia last year, Alabama last year, Oklahoma last year. He lost to Clemson uh, two weeks ago. They just look at him as a dead man walking. And so they're frustrated, and they want him to lose at Missouri so he gets knocked out and they get a new coach. I think that's basically it. Brian, do we have any experience this week with fans being frustrated with a coach? (laughs) Not much. Not really. (laughs) Do you think if he did lose at Missouri, they'd actually that would happen? Or I mean, they're obviously not going to fire in the middle of the season most likely. It would definitely be a sign that uh, he wasn't long for the road, so to speak. Uh, you know, you think that Auburn would, would be able to go into Columbia and win that game, considering uh, particularly their inability to stop the pass. I mean, yes. the fact that Missouri State and Purdue had so much success through the air, that you'd think Auburn would be able to take advantage of that with a very good quarterback. But the problem is they don't understand this, uh, this coaching staff. They don't understand what they have or what they are or what they're trying to be day-to-day. And uh, I, I don't know if they can take advantage of it. I, I mean, I think Auburn's the better team, but, geez, they've just been so weird as far as what kinds of plays they call, how they attack defenses. I don't really know what to expect. How good is Jarrett Stidham? I mean, we heard before the season, this kid was like, uh, you know, mentioned in SEC Player of the Year type type conversations, I think. Uh, obviously struggled against Clemson. No shame in that because I think Clemson might have the best defense in the country. But how good is he? He's pretty good. I mean, he's got a very strong arm, and he's accurate. Uh, those are the good things. He's also fairly mobile. Uh, you know, I would give him probably a 6 out of 10, maybe. I mean, he's no Cam Newton but or Nick Marshall, but he's, he's pretty good like that. So those are the good things. The bad things are, I think that he likes big windows to pass into instead of small ones. And I think he will turn down a small size but open window to look for something bigger and better. And that's fine when you're playing Mercer. And you can repel that pass rush, but when you go against guys like Terry Beckner Jr., uh, who are better lines, and they'll face better ones even on down the road in October, uh, I don't think that works. And so I think he gets a little tentative, and he gets a little passive, 
And I think that's the biggest problem he's got right now. He also tends to flee the pocket a little bit quicker than maybe he should. Um, you know, sometimes there is a pocket there in front of him that he can step into and spend another second or two surveying the scene, but he tends to just flee and run for his life. And he's fairly good at it, I guess. But uh, remember, the goal of any pass play is to get the ball thrown, not to run around. Well, I feel like I'm here to be a ray of sunshine for Auburn fans. If uh, the first three weeks are a guide, I think he will have some big windows to throw into this week. And lots of time in the uh, it's pocket. Possible. And he, he, if, if he gets some big ones, he can complete some pass. I know going into the season, there are some pretty high expectations for Auburn. I mean, with that one loss to Clint, I mean, as Gabe said, one of the best teams in the country, there's still that chance that they can still have a very successful season. I, do most people, rational people, still feel that way, or, or just the way they played, or are expectations starting to fall a little bit? Yeah, I think rational people are probably like, well, we'll just wait and see. But I think the, the folks who are really engaged and, and follow this team every minute, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like they've seen this play out before. And last year, you know, they struggled against Clemson and they lost the game because their offense sputtered. And I think the frustration, and I think Missouri fans can feel this too on the, on the flip coin, Malzahn was hired because he's an offensive genius. Mm. And here he is three or four years later and his offense stinks. And you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, we're paying a guy $4.5 million who's an offensive genius that can't get the offense going in the right direction? What the hell? Yeah. And I think in Missouri it's the same kind of thing. Hey, Barry did a great job on defense, and now the defense is a joke. Why can't you get this straightened out? And if you go back at Auburn, they paid Gene Chizik a lot of money, a guy who was a defensive coordinator at Auburn and a very successful one at that, and then the defense sucked. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, why are we paying all this money for the one thing we think should be good to fail? And I think that's really where the frustration stands. I think a lot of folks, I guess, are probably like, oh, they'll beat Missouri and they'll get on a nice little streak and they'll go to LSU. Maybe they'll be good, maybe they won't. But I think the really shrewd Auburn fans look at this and think, and here we go again. Talking with Jay Tate, covers Auburn every day. And, okay, this offense, I mean, I understand the numbers haven't been there, but they get on Johnson back this week. Uh, Cameron Petway has a lot of hype. Cam Martin's averaging almost 10 yards a carry. Like, I think it's possible they can just line up and run the ball at Missouri, isn't it? Uh, it's possible, but you know, you talk about Cam Martin, dude. He hasn't even touched the ball in two weeks for no okay. reason. He's not hurt. He's not suspended. They just don't want to go that direction. They keep giving Cam Petway the ball and ISOs up the middle, and he averages, you know, three point four yards per carry. He's not doing anything special. Dude, he carried the ball 34 times against Mercer the other day. Whew. Not one other tailback carried the ball one time in a game against Mercer. And they really weren't very successful running the ball against Mercer. So it's just a really weird situation. I, I feel like when they hired this new offensive coordinator, they were going to change how they passed the football, and that's fine. But the idea was that they were going to stick to their basic run concepts, and I feel like they're changing everything. Not only are they changing the way they pass, but their runs are a lot different, too. They don't pull guards as much. They don't run these sweeps anymore at all. They just keep trying to go ISO, and it's not working. I know Braden Smith, a guy that Missouri fans might remember from Olathe, Kansas, that Missouri went after pretty hard and ended up going to Auburn. It's a pretty good offensive lineman. I mean, is the rest is the line the problem? There's no push or anything like that? Uh, it's hard to tell. I mean, I think their tackles are weak. I don't like their tackles very much. Now, Braden plays right guard most mm-hmm. of the time, and I think he's very good at that. But, again, I mean, when you're a guard and you're in an offense where they're not really pulling guards anymore, you don't really notice him as much. So I think Auburn's pretty good guard, center guard, 
Uh, but their tackles are kind of iffy, and their right tackle went down with what looked like a really bad injury last week. It, it's been you – know, he's back cleared to go to practice. But I would wonder if they're going to go into this Missouri game with their regular alignment at the offensive line. I would think that Darius, who's the guy who got hurt, the right tackle, mm-hmm. I would imagine he's not going to start this game. They're going to have to kind of shuffle the lineup a little bit. So they probably won't even be as good as normal. All right, now flip side of the ball, I mean, Auburn is near the top of – Every defensive category, that is important. Um, held Clemson to 14, obviously didn't have enough offense to win, but is the defense, do you think that's as good as the numbers say it is? Yeah, I mean, they're dirty everywhere. Uh, they've got a really good line. They've got really good linebackers, and the guys in the back end are really good, too. I mean, Auburn's just staffed up right now. And this all started, you know, Auburn went into a period of like eight years of their offense just stunk every single year. And they hired Will Muschamp, and he kind of changed the way they were recruiting and the way they operated on defense. And then when he went to South Carolina, they hired a guy named Kevin Steele. I know you know yeah. SEC folks know that name at least. And he does a lot of the same things that Muschamp does, although he does it in a very different way personally. He's not a big screamer. But the <laughs> concepts are very similar, and the things he's looking for recruiting-wise are similar. So he was able to walk right in and take the inertia – that Muschamp had kind of generated and just kept right on with it. So this is year two for Kevin Steele. His defense got a lot better last year. He really improved on what Muschamp had done. And then this year, he's really got it. I mean, he's got a bunch of experienced guys. They all know what they're doing. They've recruited very well for three or four years now. Uh, He's just got everything going in the right direction. And so, no, statistically, uh, this defense looks dirty on the numbers. And when you watch them play, they're just as dirty. They're really good. Um. In the last week or so, there's been a couple personnel changes on Auburn. I know Byron Cowart, the former number one overall player, is gone. I, I think Sean White was also dismissed. I mean, guys, that, a backup quarterback and a defensive lineman that maybe wasn't playing that much, is, is that not going to have any effect on the team at all, or, or what's your opinion on those? Well, Cowart, no. I mean, he was taking 13 snaps and was getting you know between five and ten snaps a game. Uh, so they, they can fix that pretty easily. Now, Sean had not played this year, but he was the backup. And he's a good backup, a really good one. A guy that had probably started 16 games here, I mm-hmm. think is what the number was. But you feel really good that if Stidham's going to go down and get knocked out, and look, he's been sacked like 16 times already. You think you, at least you've got a good backup. Well, with Sean gone, they've got a true freshman who did enroll early, but uh, Malik Willis has only been on campus, you know, whatever, nine months. Mm-hmm. And that, that really hurts you from a backup perspective. So if uh, Stidham were to go down, I think Auburn would be in a lot more trouble now than they would have been if Sean White had stuck around. But the deal is, Sean just kept getting in trouble mm. off the field, and he got pinched on a, a public intox charge early Sunday morning. And dude, that's a wrap. I mean, he just—he was already on a zero tolerance, and he went out and did that, and he knows better, and uh, that's a wrap. Jay, I want you to set Missouri fans' mind at ease here. There is uh, no chance Trey Mason can play in this game, right? <laughs> oh no, there's zero chance. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Trey's, yeah, I don't know. He's been an interesting dude ever since he left for the NFL. He's been yeah. kind of different. But I remember you and I talking, dude, back uh, when Auburn and Missouri played uh, in Atlanta, and just the way Trey would like dive under all those little blocks and get an extra three, four, five yards every single time. It was crazy. Yeah, that was uh, one of the more unbelievable games I've seen. And like because of the way the SEC and that game wasn't scheduled. But because of the way the SEC does things, I mean, this is the first time Missouri and Auburn have played in the regular season, and I don't know, the next time might be seven years down the road. Like, I, I what's your? I'd rather, I'd like to see something where, like, it's assured that every player that is at a school for four years is going to get a chance to at least play every other team and maybe play every other team home and away. So 
so that, hey, when you graduate from Missouri, you've gotten to go to Tuscaloosa. You, you've gotten to go to LSU. You know, uh, what do you think about that? Well, I don't think it's realistically possible from a mathematical perspective, but I think it's a good idea. I mean, I'm kind of bummed that I'm as old as I am, been covering Auburn as long. It's 20 years for me, and I've never been to Missouri. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand where you're coming from. It's fun to see new places, but, I mean, come on, dude. What are they going to do, a 12 12- game schedule or uh, 12 game conference schedule i'm all in because it means we don't have to sit through mercer and missouri state and, and i'm really just about me jay i don't really care about anybody else just have the hey, did you uh are you, did you do the mailbag questions yet i did um i didn't include yours because what you know um i didn't well because i didn't really think that everybody on our board probably realized that that was you coming in there um Maybe I should just do a special story about where your mom went to college. You think? Yes. She, she's from Crevecourt, and she, the story she always told me was she chose between SEMO and Missouri, and she was like, I just felt more at home in Cape Girardeau, which is BS, dude. She probably didn't even get into Missouri, but I was always give her hell about that. <laughs> Maybe we'll have your mom as a guest on the podcast next week. For the bye week. <laughs> I don't think that would be good radio, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's as good as me and Brian sitting here yeah, talking no for doubt. 30 minutes every week. Um, and, you know, on a serious note, again, though, like earlier this week, you wrote a, a column on your site about Jay Jacobs and his kind of uncertain future as, as Auburn's AD. I mean, are things down there? First of all, explain the softball situation because I don't know much about it. And are things down there a little hectic? Man, I don't know if I can break the softball thing down into really short. I mean, basically, there was a coach, an assistant coach who was sharing inappropriate texts with at least one or two players. And then he resigned because he was being looked at. And then he was reinstated or he reinstated himself and Auburn didn't have a problem with it. And then he actually resigned for real in the middle of last season because of the same thing. And now there's an investigation into whether that was inappropriate. And there's also an investigation of the investigation to see if Auburn was covering it up. It's just a big mess, and the AD has already lied to my face about it in print because we asked him in April if he knew about any investigations into Corey's uh, transgressions, and he said, no, I don't know anything about it. What are you talking about? When now we know provably that he was lying, and so I think a lot of people are just frustrated with him in general. Look, man, Auburn is a place for drama. If if you're a beat writer who likes drama and tumult, this is the place to go because there's always something going down, so – there's a lot of pressure on Jay Jacobs right now. I think a lot of people want him gone. They're frustrated. There's a whole list of grievances, really. But at this point, he's just so unpopular among the uh, what I would call high-value uh, donors that I just think even if the new president doesn't want to do something there and take action, I think Jay's got to go because if he's really all about Auburn – as he likes to say, <laughs> he's got to know that he's just not effective anymore. I, I, I got to tell you, man investigations, scandal, and drama? Like, dude, you're preaching to the choir here. We we know about these things up here in Columbia. Oh, okay. Well, it I seems- mean, I just kind of like get hunkered down in my little Auburn shell, and maybe I'm missing stuff. I don't know. Yeah. It seems to kind of be an SEC-wide problem or even an yeah. uh, NCAA-wide problem. All right, man. Well, we'll what? let you we'll- – I think honestly, honestly, here's what it is. Like, there's just so much more coverage of everything. Like, we know about all these things that we probably wouldn't have known about 20 years ago, before there was was Twitter and everything like that. I just think people pay more attention. I, I don't think anything's changed. I just think we talk about it more. But we, we'll let you out of here in a minute. But um, I, I'm not going to ask you for a prediction or anything. But just 
what's Auburn got to do to come up here and, and do, frankly, what I think all Missouri fans are expecting, which is get out with a fairly comfortable win and go on their seat, go on the way with their season? Well, I mean, I guess they need to throw the ball a little bit, and I think the wide receivers need to challenge for the ball, which they have not done at this point. I think that would help. And I think Auburn needs to change up a little bit what it does on offense. Stop running uh, inside the A-gaps all day long so that every team, including Mercer, can figure that out and stop it because they put eight guys in the box. I think they're going to have to bury it up a little bit and actually start using some of the RPO concepts that uh, Auburn supporters have been promised. I think Auburn can go out there and win that game, and I think they will. But uh, I would not expect a particularly competent performance on the Auburn side. I don't know about Missouri. <laughs> well, hey, competent has not been something we've seen a lot. But we are doing a lot to build up the excitement for this game. Jay, stay safe and uh, on your way, and, and we'll see you Saturday night, man. All right, we'll see you over there. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks, Jay. JG Tate, AuburnSports.com. And, uh, hey, we'll, we'll break down a little bit more after uh, after we talk to Deron Davis here in a second. But, uh Jeez, Brian, you would have thought that was the team that was one and two, and it just got it gotten worked by Purdue. It just goes to show you that everybody's got their own problems, and uh, you get isolated, like you said. You get in your bunker, you start focusing on what you're, what's going on around you, and what's happening here at Mizzou, and you you don't really pay attention that everybody in Auburn wants their coach and AD fired, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It'll be. Uh, I still think they'll probably win easily, but I guess you never know if they got all this stuff going on if they. Offensive problems, maybe it'll be a nice low-scoring game. All right, as promised now, the newest soon-to-be Missouri Tiger joining us on the line, Deron Davis, who signed with Missouri back in February, and now just uh, news came out here in the last few days that Deron is eligible and will get to Missouri uh, soon. Deron, I guess, first of all, just what is the plan exactly? When uh, when are you going to be able to make it to Columbia and, and finally be a part of this team? Well, um, the coaches are trying to get me down there, like, before the second semester starts, and that's in January. But if they can't do that, um, we're going to uh, be there in January. We're going to be there in January. I, just this whole process of going through everything, you, the, the, the times where you weren't sure if you're going to make it, to all the work you put in to try to get that, to get that score you needed, what, what was all that like for you? It was, it was really stressful. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. It was really stressful. Um, like you said, I, I, I didn't think I was going to make it at all. Like, it was just like, I was just thinking like, man, like I came this far and like, I feel like I can't do it. But like my dad and my cousin and like, I just have a really big support system, but mainly my dad, he's always in my ear, like just pushing me, telling me like, don't give up. Like you got this, like we almost out of here. Like he was just always there for me. Like he was telling me like, come on, we can still take the test. I, I still got faith in you that you could pass it. And I passed it. So I thank him the most. Like, I really love that guy. Like, I really look up to him. That's like a big brother and, like, my father, too, at the same time. So I thank him, and I just thank the support system that I have behind me. I got you. Just when you saw that score that morning when, when your your parents showed it to you, what was, your, what was the thoughts going through your head in that moment? Well, at first I didn't believe it because <laughs> my, dad, my dad called. And he was like, I'm really proud of you. I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, you passed the test. And I was like, no, uh, you're lying. I was like, send it to me right now. <laughs> he was like, okay, if you don't believe me, I'll send it to you. He sent it to me. And then I seen it. I had scored a 1060. I needed a 925. So I scored pretty high, like really, really high. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to score that that high. How uh, how big a part of that process uh, during the last few months, how, how much did you been – 
kind of in touch with the Missouri coaches and what was their reaction when you uh, when you called and let them know? Well, I, I talked to Coach Hill um, before camp started, and, you know, he was uh, letting me know, like, he had faith in me. He thought I could pass it as well. And he was like, just let him know how I'm doing and stuff, like check in with him sometimes. But, like, most of the time I was always busy just studying. Like, I was just studying all the time. So, And then when I let him know that I had passed, like, everyone was, like, just so happy. Like, you know, he was just telling me how, like, how he want me really down there and how he's going to try to get me down there before January. But uh, I will actually be down there this Saturday at the uh, Gold Rush game with, uh, with my father and my little brother. So we will actually be down there checking the team out. Now, uh, how confusing has this whole process been? Because I'll be honest, man, like, I don't understand exactly. I know they've got the sliding scale, but why you necessarily didn't need to go JUCO, why other guys would have. I mean, has this process been confusing, or has everybody kind of kind of kept you pretty up to date with, with what you had to do over the last few months? Yeah, every, yeah, Coach Hill, he let my dad know. My dad really looked into, like, you know, uh, NCAA rules and stuff. And he was just like, yeah, you know you can still take the test. You don't have to go JUCO. But, see, I didn't want to go JUCO in the first place. Like, I didn't want to, like – go play for no other school like I just wanted to go straight to division one so my dad was like you still got a chance he just kept telling me that I had a chance after chance he was like you can still take the test but and then I was like okay we're gonna take the test and then I actually went to summer school to get my GPA higher to uh, a 2.3 Q so my dad was just basically like I said my dad was basically there just letting me know like you can do this and I actually did it so I like I said I thank him just uh, football-wise, have you been able to – I know you've been busy studying, doing all that stuff. What have you been able to do football-wise to kind of keep yourself in shape, keep yourself uh, ready for when you do get to Mizzou? I work out with my, uh, my uncle every day, just football training every morning. Just get up every morning like around 6 and just work out. I actually just got out on my workout as we speak. So, How uh, how hard has it been for you watching, watching Missouri these first three weeks and especially struggling a little offensively the last couple weeks? I mean – to make you more anxious to get down and and be able to contribute? Yes, it does actually. Like I'm just ready to just step on the field. I just want to be a part of the team and just help out, just make them better, you but, know. But it's been it's been kind of disappointing a little bit seeing us lose. You know, I I don't like losing even though I'm not playing on the field physically, like mentally, I'm I'm still there. Like it still hurts to see them lose because that's part of my that's my family, so for Missouri fans that that maybe haven't seen you play or or have it's been a while since they watched your film, I mean, what are you going to bring to this offense? And and I assume the plan is still wide receiver. Yes, sir. What do you bring as a receiver to to this team when you do get down here? I feel like I'm a I'm a I want to be the playmaker. I, I want to bring electricity to the team, like make everybody hype. I'm going to let, you know, next year when I do get to play, I'm going to let Taylor or Drew know whoever starts. I'm going to let them know, like, I want the ball. Not not having no selfish mentality, but I just want the ball. Like, I want to be able to make plays for the team and, you know, yeah. I know you said you've, you've been following along. Have you been able to watch much of the games? Is there anything that's kind of stood out to you about what's maybe going wrong with the offense? Well, Sometimes, sometimes the offense have their days, and then some games they have their days, and some days they don't. So it's like sometimes they're not consistent. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I, this is I last thing. Oh, I got you. Last thing here, I think from us, man. Just going through this whole process and everything you 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 have. Just for for any of the, like younger guys out there, what what would you be your advice to them to to help them get through? Maybe avoid what you avoided. Just never give up. 
and and just always work hard for what you really want. You know, just ha- just always have that killer mentality. Like nothing can stop. You. Like like anything's possible. Like you can do whatever you want if you just put the fourth effort to it. So that's that's what I want to tell anybody. Like anybody can do whatever they want. Well, Duran, congratulations, man. Uh, look forward to, to seeing you down here this weekend, and uh, we'll definitely catch up with you once you get to Columbia for good. All righty, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, shout-out to uh, the Mizzou fans. Just hang in there. I promise we will be better next year, or we can it, we can still turn it around this year, actually. So just don't lose faith. So that's all I got to say. All right. Thanks a lot, Duran. Have a good one, man. Thanks, Duran. All right. All right. No problem. Duran Davis. Uh, and, hey, you know what? We, we talk about – we kind of treat these kids like they're just robots and all that. Good for him, man. I I mean, because look, as soon as like the academic question had been there since Mm -hmm. we'd heard about Duran, like this wasn't a new development, um, whether he was, was going to be able to make it or not. But like, look, you listen to him. He's a smart kid. Right. You know, it, it just a lot of these kids, whether it's the guidance or they don't work hard enough when they're freshmen or sophomores, whatever, something happens. But, uh, and, and I think credit goes to the Missouri coaching staff, too, for communicating, hey, you don't have to go away for a year and a half or two years before right. there, there's another way we can do this. Right. And, and he mentioned his dad, uh, Mr. Clark. I know I've gotten to know him through the covering Duran the last few years, and he's definitely been in his corner and helping him throughout this process. And um, it, it's just a testament to show, like, when, when your parents are supporting you and helping you out, it just makes life easier. It, it, helps, you get, it helps you get through. So they will not have Deron Davis on the field this weekend. No. Um, and and I know they're trying to get him here this semester to at least get him in the program. Now, look, I don't think it'd be all that realistic that they mm-hmm. get him here and he can play right away. I mean, you know, you got to learn the offense, be, be in college shape and all that. So I'm not sure that, that that's all that realistic. But according to what we've kind of been told and been able to figure out, I think the biggest problem right now is Missouri just doesn't have a scholarship because when guys leave the team, those scholarships don't become immediately available right. the next day. Like guys who have have maybe left the team since the beginning of the semester, they are still on a football scholarship the rest of this semester. Classes, dining hall, all that. So it's not like a spot immediately freed up and Deron Davis can fill that. Right. You got to let them finish out their semester and finish, I mean, get the grades they need to get so they can still transfer out and everything like that. So you don't just uh, boot them out the door and start running around saying, hey, we got a free scholarship here. Who wants right. It? And, and and the last thing on, on Davis, and then we'll talk about the game a little bit, like we've had a lot of questions. Hey, could he go somewhere else, all that? I mean, if in January, no, because the LOI is binding for a year. If mm-hmm. he's going anywhere next semester, it's Missouri. But, like, look, listen, listen to that kid talk. It's all we and us. Right. He's not going anywhere else. He's coming to Missouri. He's wanted to be at Missouri for for as long as this recruiting process. But he took his timing a little bit, and but still committed fairly early, if I remember right. And then he's hung – Missouri's hung with him through this whole process, and he's hung tight with Missouri. I, it would be – a huge surprise if anything changed with that. I, I fully expect him to either somehow they figure out a way he gets here in the next couple months or he'll be here in uh, January ready to go for the second semester. And so by January, who knows where we'll be at with this football <laughs> program. Uh, I mean, I don't like. I don't think Auburn is a top-10 team. I don't think no. they're elite. But I also don't look at this game and see any way I can possibly pick Missouri to win it. But just the the dudes that Auburn has on both sides of the ball, 
just it's going to be a tough matchup for Missouri. Even when Missouri was playing well, like before the season when people thought Missouri might be playing well and doing things at a little higher level, I think this game was still thought of as a loss, and it could have been uh, a, a substantial loss. But now with Missouri playing so bad or so poorly here the last two weeks, especially this last week against Purdue, I, it'd just be a shock to see them even really hang in this game. And, and hey, weird things happen. You never know. But that kind of – like, I think Missouri fans can handle a loss. They want to see a team that has some pride. Mm-hmm. Like, if if Auburn comes in here and wins 52-6 to in a game, another game where they never really appear to have much interest in competing, like, okay, every alarm bell is going off, and mm-hmm. it will be fair to say that we think they've quit on Barry Odom, right? Right, and if, and if that's the case, I mean, I know – it's tough. Coaching changes in the middle of the season are hard. Not going to have, but not going to happen. Even if he quit, even if they've no. quit on him, they're just going to let him go who, the rest of the season. Who on this staff takes over? Who's your interim coach if Barry Odom isn't? I mean, I would think you could give it to any of them if they've quit on the head but, coach. It doesn't well, really matter. But my point is, like, none of them have been a head coach. Josh, he the him. defensive coordinator's gone. Right. Josh Heupel's the only guy who maybe makes sense, and his offense is getting as much criticism as anything right now. Like, And look, it's just not – and I've got an interview with Jim Sterk tomorrow, and we're going to talk about it, but it's just not his M.O. Right. Like, he didn't fire Kim Anderson midseason. He's not going to fire Barry Odom midseason. This is going to – we're going to have nine more games, and, and we'll see what happens. But It'll be very uncomfortable to watch for the last yeah. uh, eight games if they quit yeah. on him this game, and then, I mean – Right, if that's a sign of the future, no question. And, uh, again, like, I, I think Missouri fans would be – like, if it's 27-21 and you just right. get beat, I think Missouri fans would at least be able to say, hey, I haven't I, I haven't given up on everything. Like, we can beat some of these other teams on – but you've got to see that. You've got to see some, some touchdowns. You've got to see some resistance on defense. And you've got to see a game that isn't over at halftime. I mean, we're not football coaches. We may not understand the game as well as they do, but you can look out there and tell when a team is playing well and competing hard and if they belong on the field with this other team. And Missouri didn't look like they did against Purdue. Right. It looked like a D2 team going against the FBS team. And Yeah, that was less competitive than Missouri versus Missouri State. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and so if you if you can look out there and see against Auburn, like, all right, they're going hard, they're rallying to the ball, they're – Getting at least somewhat of a push on the offensive line. There's some holes every once in a while, and, and guys aren't just guarding the wrong person, and the other dudes running free down the middle of the field. And okay, but yeah, if and, they and do that again, I don't. That was my biggest concern. I mean, how many times, Brian? Like before the snap, did we look at each other in the Purdue game and go, "I don't think they have any idea where they're yeah. what they're doing or where they're supposed several, to go." Several, yeah, yeah, and, and just guys with hand palms up and kind of yeah. just looking around and wide open receivers um and, and on the other side nobody's getting open out route six yard out route i mean look we've we've broken down every <laughs> issue we've seen since last week and and i i understand that probably anybody who has listened to this podcast long ago threw their phone out the window or at least unplugged <laughs> their headphones like i get it but I, hey i I think we owe it to you guys to cover things objectively and not to come on here and, and blow sunshine up your ass. And there's no sunshine, dude. It has been gray and cloudy for about two weeks now. And, uh, I mean, that doesn't mean it can't change this game, though. I, 
you wouldn't right. foresee. It's not something you foresee, but things that you don't foresee happen. That's, yeah, I think covering college sports is crazy. Right. I think the clear goal and, and look to win this game. First of all, Auburn's going to have to be off. They're going to have to play mm-hmm. like a C game. Uh, Missouri's going to have to get some turnovers. They're probably going to have to score in some way other than just lining up and moving down the field. But I, I think the goal for this weekend is pretty simple. Compete, give yourselves a shot, drag your confidence up out mm-hmm. of the gutter where it absolutely has to be right now. You've got a bye week. And then, hey, at Kentucky, I'm sorry, I don't think Kentucky's a great team. Right. They're decent. At Georgia is is obviously tough. Um but then, you know, then you've got homecoming against Idaho. That should be a win. Right. Uh, the second half of the season is Florida, Tennessee, Arkansas, UConn. And, None of them great teams. And Vandy. <laughs> right. There's not one game on there that you should look at and say, there's no way Missouri has the talent to win this game. Right. So, you know what? Put out a decent showing here. Get things turned around during the bye week, and then we'll see. And, and I understand why people don't think that's going to happen. And it might not happen. All I'm doing is telling you what what the clear goal has to be for Missouri. So, I don't know. Every week we do predictions. So, <laughs> Brian, I'll let you go first. I know what mine is, and it's it it's not what we've talked about the last five minutes. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I I'm gonna go with uh, forty two to ten. I guess right now. I wow. just it just haven't seen anything yeah. from them that makes you think. I mean. It's possible they they might come out and play their best game of the year. They might look like they've been coached and they had their best week of practice and it translates to the field, but they haven't shown it yet, so I'm going to make them show me. I I said, wow, because my prediction is actually (laughs) 41-10. I I think Missouri's defense will hold them out of the end zone once or twice and force field goals, something like that. But, I, I mean, the main reason is simple. Look, Missouri's offense has looked dreadful the last two weeks. And Auburn's defense is so much better than either mm-hmm. of the ones they played. I don't think Missouri can move the ball. And I, I think the biggest concern I have about this team is they have shown no ability to overcome adversity. Right. When something goes wrong, this team goes in the tank. I mean, you saw it against South Carolina. I'm not going to say Debo Samuel's kick return won the game, but as soon as Drew Locke threw a pick on that next play, mm-hmm. that game was over. Right. And, and and then it gets Purdue. I I mean, seven nothing, three and out, fourteen nothing. That game was over. There was never any point in either of those games after that that Missouri made any push or gave you any reason to believe they could come back. I just don't see a team that handles bad things very well. What's what's that saying? You don't know a lot about yourself until you've been punched in the face. I mean, imagine yeah. everybody has a plan until they get yeah. punched in the face. Yeah. Missouri, I mean, they they can't like how they've reacted to being punched in the face so far. I mean, they just yeah. curled up in a ball and asked for more punch. <laughs> right. And, and, and look, I'll, I'll finish up with this. I, look, I, I know Barry Odom. Like, everybody, I'm not telling you he's a great coach or any of that, but I promise you his mentality he's is— He's working hard to try to figure and, out what— yeah. And his mentality is he's pissed off. Mm-hmm. He's saying, God, like, we fight back. This is, this is a dude that played in the Big 12 at, you know, 5'10", 210 or something mm-hmm. like that. Not that fast, all that. Like, he, the one thing he is is he's a fighter. I, you got to think he his team at some point is going to show that. Yeah, you would think. I mean, take on some of the personality of your coach. That's kind of a, a thing that you know that translates out on good teams. And it just hasn't happened yet with these guys. And I don't know yeah. if it's just the players aren't the right type of players to 
with that mentality or for whatever I, reason? I think it some takes sort of... somebody to I think it takes one player to step up and lead the way. One player to say, I'm not taking this crap. Come along with me and don't take it also. Um and you apparently know, that was Aubrey Miller on right, Monday who, or whatever, and now he has yeah. a broken leg. And Yeah, we just got confirmation from Missouri about five minutes ago that Aubrey Miller is out four to six weeks with a broken fibula. And look, he wasn't playing a lot on defense. Um, frankly, I'm not sure why. I'd have <laughs> thrown him out there. But he was playing on special teams, but he was the guy that stood up in the, oh, my God, Missouri had a players-only meeting. And look, <laughs> I wrote about it too, but we make so much out of these things. Like, they just haven't played well. And, like, right. is a meeting going to change it? No, they've got to go out and play well. You know, but guess what? If they do come out and play well, every single person after that game is going to go, man, that meeting on Monday really fired us up. <laughs> you know. And it, it just sometimes just takes one little play. Like, mm-hmm. if they could just get something positive to swing their way and then just and then make another positive. I think that's – you mentioned in the South – they made that positive play to go up 10 nothing in that South Carolina game. But then – Right after they didn't make they, South Carolina did what Missouri can't do. They right. counterpunch. They counterpunch, and if they can get two good good things going on in a row, maybe they can they can do something from there. There's your goals, Missouri fans. Two good plays right in a row this weekend, and 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 we're taking off. But uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. It's the bye week. Missouri basketball practice does start Friday. Maybe we'll try to get somebody to talk about that. Um, but anyway, we will be back in a week. Thanks to JG Tate. Thanks to Deron Davis for taking a few minutes. And uh, Brian has to be here, and so do I. So no thanks to us, but thanks to you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.